Welcome to the Business as Mission podcast, dedicated to those who long to see God glorified in business and the nations reached for Christ. Your host is Mike Bayer, longtime BAM leader and founder of Third Path Initiative, an online education resource for starting and growing BAM businesses around the world. Well, welcome back to BAM Stories, uh, technically called the Business Mission Podcast with Mike Bear. I don't like that name, but we couldn't get BAM Stories, so we had to get something. And uh, today we have three guests in a roundtable format. We <laughs> will throw it to you guys first. We were just having a debate as to whether or not England is a continent. And uh, so we've got, we've got with us uh, Mats Tunahag, currently on the continent of Sweden. We've got John Mordomo on the continent of, of uh, South America, Brazil and uh, Joe Plummer, people that you know all and love well. They are all the, the leaders of the latest BAM Congress. So, you know, normally to the, to the listeners, normally we'll, we, we go through BAM stories. We're talking to somebody who is, you know, running a business and these guys all have done some version of that. I know Joe, you and Mark ran several different endeavors when you were in Chiang Mai, but this is a different topic today because you guys are all well-known. Mats Tunahag, John Mordomo, and Joe Plummer are the recognized facilitators, coordinators, conveners, committee, whatever the right title is, of a lot of things globally, as well as each in their own right is a leader in the global BAM movement. But the most recent feat, at least from my perspective, was the incredible success of the Global BAM Congress. And so I wanted to ask them to share a little bit about that with us. They all have unique perspectives. Let me lead off the comments by saying, guys, I just want to salute you, salute you globally. I think, I know you give credit to your team. I know that you give glory to God. And so it's not about glory or credit, but you guys took what I thought when it was decided was going to be a really impossible, smart decision, but impossible task. And you pulled it off like gangbusters. And the feedback from my portion of the BAM global network has been phenomenal. So uh, congratulations. First of all, thank you for the many, many sleepless nights and the sort of 24 hour, you know, world clock thing that you were doing, trying to run a one Congress, you know, in two hemispheres, that was brilliant. So let me just, first of all, I'll say thank you, but ask you guys to, to share it with the group, just a little bit of the journey from the, you know, second Congress planned to be in Jomti in Thailand, you know, on the beach, everybody was looking forward. And then, you know, we were greeted by the the global virus and the pandemic. Walk us through the, the just that whole process of, oh my gosh, what are we going to do to sensing the Lord's leading and, and how you turn that corner? And anybody can, I told them already, I'm not going to call on anybody. You guys, they know each other. They're going to walk all over each other. They're going to make fun of each other. Hopefully we'll get some good laughter going before it's over. Uh, that's just who these guys are. So Joe, you look like you want to start. Let, let me start yeah. and then I'll turn it over to Joe. Welcome, welcome to our weekly meetings. It was never an easy decision, especially um, uh, early on, because we were thinking we were going to postpone a year. But even so, you know, COVID was new. Nobody knew how long it's going to last and what the implications were. So we, we postponed, but then we started to realize that's not going to hold even, even that. And, you know, doing a real-life event takes a lot, but doing something virtual, which we have never done, uh, is, is a different ball game. But we did have as a guideline in our discussion that we didn't want to go into just damage control. We can't do what we want to do, but rather the guiding star was how do we optimize in the new situation? Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So actually we can do something that could possibly even create greater momentum for the global man movement than if we had only met one time in real life. And then Joe had some, some great thinking that meant that we had to work really hard for six months. And <laughs> those were the <laughs> great thinking, but those were the leading webinars and the Congress and the post-Congress webinars. And, and, and Joe, why don't you share how we went from then just thinking damage control to optimization and, and that concept? Yeah, so when we owned the Congress uh, initially, we were seven weeks out from running the in-person Congress. And and the Global Congress is all about bringing people together to share social or build social and intellectual capital in the the businesses mission movement. So when we began to realize that we were going to have to go online, we uh, we were driven really. Well, we had we had nearly five, four hundred and something people registered so there was that responsibility to deliver something but the driving vision it was really how can we fulfill our goals for the program within the online event and we we learned as we went it was a such a journey we had no idea as Mark said how to run an online event but we realized that when you're doing a virtual event you can't do long days like you can in an in-person event so And we had so many facets that we wanted to do at the Congress. We had things going on in the evening. We had networking in the afternoon. We had so many breakouts uh, that we just knew that we couldn't squeeze into a one online event. But also it was about creating value for our attendees that had already registered. We were like, well, we can't just run a sort of three-hour webinar and expect that to deliver the same value as they were going to get at the in-person. So that's why we kind of began to look at a design where we had a whole uh, series of events. One of the powerful things about an online um, event is you don't have to do everything in one week or one uh, window of time because people can come whenever. And so we looked at this lead-in series so that we gain momentum. So from October 2020, we started with little clusters of, of webinars Uh, that went through sort of different events monthly leading into the Congress. And that way we felt one of the key issues was this uh, sharing social capital, that that would give people not only the chance to hear more content and pack more into the program, but also to build towards and give more opportunities for networking and making connections. So we were really deliberate about making those virtual events have as much, not just coming onto a Zoom call and listening to a talking head, but actually we picked a platform in Hopin that would allow people to interact and, and interact over a long period of time. So that was part of the plan. Uh, it, it just, as Mark said, it allowed us to get really creative with the format of the Congress. So, so Joe, let me let me ask you a question. Anybody jump in on this, but I, I'm, as I'm listening, I think that I totally agree with you, by the way. I go back to what Mark said, the idea that, you know, let's don't just do a, a, a half off, you know, put it online and we say we had it. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it well, do it with excellence, which clearly you did. And you don't just take what you had planned and put it in a webinar format because people will, you know, Zoom fatigue is a very real thing. Yeah. Uh, So that would have been a disaster. Did you, did you figure this out? You guys as a group, did you figure this out? How did, how to pull this off on your own or did you bring in production consultants that said, well, here's, 
Because I don't know that anything of this magnitude's really been attempted. Certainly not in the in the circles I run in. Well, we prayed. God <laughs> <laughs> provided. I mean, we. I have to. I have to uh, have a shout out to our production team, uh, Mark Tideman. Uh, God actually at the BAM conference uh, USA in 2019. God kind of connected me with three individuals through that conference that it turns out were the people we needed to give input on on how to do this um, we probably could have done with more even more people to help us deliver it and we did have a bigger team but Mark Tiderman came alongside us to advise us on technology platforms and he was really instrumental on, on the technical side of how to broadcast uh, into our platform and so on and, how, and he helped us pick pop in as a platform and of course has worked with me on Be Global and then Anthea and Luke who are part of our video media production and video editing they taught us because you're doing a virtual event you need a media production team you don't at a real life event you need an on the ground logistics and event team that will serve the people in front of them but for an, a virtual event you need a media production team and we had no idea how to do that so God connected us and provided some of the skills and insight that we needed so yeah I, I know john we kind of cut you off but i, I just want to get clarification because i've been wondering you know where did this expertise come from and mark Tiderman and his group i mean that makes perfect sense but it was a god thing right so i think we ought to talk a little bit more about the god thing component because we skipped one step which is we had two oh no moments it wasn't just one the first oh no was the end of february early march of 2020, we're like, oh no, we're gonna have to delay this for a year. And then we're getting into August and September, we're going, oh no, it's gonna have to be virtual. So there, there were two major mind shifts and times where we were we were praying and asking God, really, is this, you know, we're thinking this is what you're saying, but we 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 don't know, especially when we moved into the virtual world. And so, Joe, you had another experience right around that that September, October time frame where God brought somebody else onto the team where we wouldn't have been able to pull it off without that person. I'm talking about Luke. Remember how you met? Stories as well. So whenever I speak about business's mission, I always say we need everybody and that we do, we do need all sorts of skills and gifts in the business's mission community. And several times from a platform of a conference, in fact, I said it at the end of the 2013 conferences uh, Congress as well. I said, we need, media and communications people in the business's mission movement. And uh, Luke actually watched a video of me saying that from the BAM conference uh, stage. And in September, when we were about to, I was in my office saying, oh Lord, we, we're gonna need a video editor. I know we're gonna need a video editor. <laughs> and, um, and then that uh, later that same week, I just got an email from Luke. I hope you won't mind me telling this story saying, hey, I watched that video and you said you, we need media and communication people. I am in a transition in my life and can I serve you guys? I'm a video editor and a social media marketing specialist. <laughs> and I was just, so that's a little story about God providing. And there's a story related to all of, uh, most of the team actually that came around us right from the mm -hmm. in-person conference, uh, right the way through to the virtual conference. There's little stories of how God connected us to the different uh, key team members that we had. So John, and, that, and in that, and we're going to talk in a minute, we're going to shift over and talk about the ecosystem a bit, because that's what you just described, a living, vibrant, you know, God-breathed ecosystem of, of gifts and abilities for his glory. But, but before we go there, John, you mentioned the three big, oh God moments. 
How about during the conference itself, the little, I'm going to jump out the window, oh God, moments when a piece of technology wouldn't work or, you know, what? It just I know nobody saw those, but I know they happened. I've, I've done too many public events to know that, you know, they happened. So what, what were some of your maybe favorite moments of, uh, oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? Yeah. So we expected a little bit of those issues to pop up. And honestly, I think uh, Joe, you're a little bit more attached to this or, or aware of this, but I, I think we had very few compared, very few um, problems compared to the potential to have problems. Part of that was because of this amazing team of volunteers, by the way, that we're talking about, all volunteers uh, that God put together to pull this off. But I will say, and, and I don't mean this to sound like any of us are tooting our own horns. Uh, you will hear us deliberately and often give glory to God for everything that happened leading up to and then during and as a result of the Congress. But when, when Mike, you earlier talked about seeking excellence, that was a very real component of this entire process. Nobody was ever willing to, to say, let's don't do it because we think God wants us to do it. But then let's don't just do it in a mediocre fashion, just to say we did it, there, there were, there was blood, sweat, maybe not blood, but sweat and tears, <laughs> definitely sweat and definitely tears uh, along the way to get to the point of doing something so well that there were very few problems along the way. I, I think kind of one of the things that kept us sane as those problems popped up was knowing we had a good tech team to deal with them while Matt's Joe and I were actually emceeing and, and facilitating transitions and just kind of looking globally uh, what's going on and what do we need to make sure uh, takes place. We had the, uh, the chat, a constant chat going because our team was all over the globe and the, the chat, some of the chat conversations were hysterical where we literally, you know, we had people rolling on the floor laughing because somebody forgot to smile before they turned their camera on it. It caught them off guard. Yeah. And I'm not going to say any names in particular, Mots, or or actually, I did that multiple times. And so we had this this backstage dynamic going on constantly. I think that kept us sane because we were laughing at each other and joking with each other, and we were cheering, rooting, encouraging, praying. And I, and I think that team dynamic actually was what really kept things flowing well and kept us all from pulling out our our hair before the end of the Congress. I think there's one more thing that is important to add here, which actually is related to the ecosystem. <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, you can, there are several ways of putting on, on a conference. Most conferences, whether in real life stuff or virtual uh, in the recent months, are you invite a handful or so of speakers and then you invite people to come as an audience to listen to, to these speakers. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That has never been our concept. There wasn't a concept at any time during the planning process, whether real life or, or virtual. We wanted to create a, a forum where the global BAM community could meet, listen, learn, share, and connect and listen from, to the, from the BAM movement across the globe. So we had... 860-something people registered from 75 countries, which in and of itself speaks of a, the global nature of, of the movement. But then we also had 130 speakers and presenters. And doing that is pretty 
ridiculous in many ways in terms of your <laughs> workload <laughs> because we had this yeah. mix of time zones recorded pre-recorded and then we, you can have several people at the same time from different continents it, it was a lot of work and we wanted to shoot for for excellence um, but i think uh, that's also a key why some people like you mike and others say this was was good because it was a time when we heard from what God is doing around the globe from 130 people. And that's the kind of added value that made the Congress actually quite unique. Yeah, I I think, Mike, one of the things I know I took away, other than I was probably Joe Plummer's worst nightmare with help me with this, help me with that. (laughs) She never snapped at me in email. Maybe she snapped at me as she's typing. She didn't. I can imagine that times 130 people asking you for help. And you're like, I just answered that question. But to me, one of the great takeaways for all of you, what you just said, Max, was this time around, for the first time ever, the BAM global movement did not feel Western. It did not feel white. Right. And I'm not saying that to be, you know, cool with the times. I mean, we don't want this to be a Western thing. We don't want this to be a, a white person thing. This is a global body of Christ thing, right? And it came through loud and clear, the diversity of, of background, of nationality, of perspective, of experience. It, it was beautiful. I, I mean, it, that was to me, if I had to tell you my biggest takeaway, it was that, that this is truly a global movement and punctuated by Mott's jacket, which is probably, you know, the, the, that's, I, I, I applaud you, brother, for having the courage to wear that nasty thing, but it was, uh, <laughs> you should so, get published pictures, signed pictures, you know. Right, right. I've had that jacket for about 30 years. <laughs> he, he stole it from George Verwer. George Verwer has been roaming around looking for his jacket. He didn't realize that Mott stole it from us. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We had oh, eight, 8,000. We had 8,200 and something chat messages throughout the Congress on the platform. So it just shows you what the interactions were. But I think we had the most, on one topic, probably the most chat messages were about <laughs> that jacket. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so now that we're picking on Mats, let's, let me say something to, to be of encouragement. Because um, to your point, Mike, that also was a very deliberate effort. And Mats keeps us... Uh, focused and on task with respect to, to the word global that is in BAM Global. And yeah. there were moments, it, it does get frustrating when you're looking at dozens and dozens of speaking moments. Sometimes there are two or three or four people involved in each one, like the fireside chats, for example. Yeah. And it's easy to default to, well, who's the most obvious person to get here? And, and it's who we know. And it's some, and why? Because they, they've been doing it longer. And they happen to be American or European or, and, and we're like, we're not, not going to do that. And so giving credit to Mott's keep it's a harder pro- and longer process, but we knew that that had to be what showed up to the world. And, and therefore I think it also brought out some of our uh, more deliberate prayers and trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leadership. And that's a real thing because the other risk is we can just say, well, plug in, an African, an Asian, a woman, and then, and there you go. Same formula every time, but that's not what God might've been saying to do. So there was that dynamic tension between being sensitive to what he wanted us to do on one hand and not going to the kind of easy answers or default mode 
uh, on the other. Yeah, you didn't want it to come across like a Madison Avenue ad, right? You just have to have one of each, yeah. one from each category, <laughs> right? I mean, it was much more powerful than that. And I think that's that yeah. it, 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 and I just want you guys to know if that was your deliberate mission, that mission, and at least in my heart was accomplished. And I think virtually everybody in the, in the Congress would say the same thing. I mean, and, and also my- behind the scenes stuff that that you 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 not everybody knows, but also shows the real life stuff. You know, one of the fireside chats I I did, one of the participants is like, oh, sorry, my internet is <laughs> like yours now. But volcano eruption next door, <laughs> and and another one uh, recording was with the bammer who says, hey, yeah, you know, we're having a flood now. I have to just lift my feet because the water is streaming in as we were doing it. You know, and but this is real life stuff. We didn't want yeah. to, you know, like you're selling your house, you get the realtor come in to stage it to look super nice and a little bit superficial and unreal. You know, these were real people doing real BAM. And even in, in, in the process of putting on the Congress behind the scenes, yeah, it was real life stuff. Yeah, I know I had my moment of panic when, like an idiot, when I was actually logging into my panel, I was using the login to practice, and I kept getting back to the practice session, I couldn't get to the real panel, I am pinging everybody in the world, I've got screens going nuts, and I'm like, I can't believe this is happening, and you know, it was funny, I got there 10 minutes late, but the group had very quickly, Mark was on it, Mark Plummer's on it, and very quickly said, hey, you know, we don't know where Mike is, let's go ahead and start, and and it, it's just one of those things that it was laughable, and yet God God bless even that little thing. And so, you know, I think it's, uh, it is real life. We'll take a short break here, but we'll be right back with Mike and the team. The Business as Mission podcast would like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Anchor. Anchor is the free platform for creating and publishing podcasts. Check them out at anchor.fm. They are part of the Spotify family. Let's shift over. Maj, you kind of went there, this whole question of, the ecosystem. And I know we've all been involved in BAM since the early days when the ecosystem was a handful of folks who kind of knew each other, right? We bumped into each other around the world. There was no ecosystem. There was no strong network. There were, you know, there was no BAM Global at the time, no businesses, mission resources. And, and it's, it's grown. And I know you guys have talked about what has happened, but I'd really like to turn our attention just for a few minutes to what do you see coming? And I don't mean I'm not asking you to predict the movement. I'm really talking more practically about the ecosystem we are seeking, all of us in different ways, seeking to build and support deliberately, intentionally, prayerfully. What what is in your minds and hearts today regarding that? And maybe it would be helpful if somebody would posit a quick working definition of what we mean by the BAM global ecosystem. Mats, you do that, and then I'll... I knew, I knew Mats was going to get that when he was waiting. But knew- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ecosystem is recognizing, you know, that albeit businesses are important and uh, a primary focus for, for the BAM movement. It's not the silver bullet that's going to save everything and everyone and transform uh, the world. We need to think and build ecosystems. So, of course, uh, business business people and everything around the business ecosystem in and of itself are are key and important. And for uh, you know, for years when we'd had different uh, consultations, uh, think tank groups, and so forth, we make sure that most people come from the business sphere. 
But we've also said it's important that we recognize other groups and leaders in church, in mission agencies, uh, in NGOs and, and non-profits, uh, and also in, in academia. And we can go through uh, you know, history and sociology and, and all kinds of studies uh, done by Deloitte, for example, to show that if you really want to have an impact, which is both on a macro scale and intergenerational, you have to think echo system. So it's not just, it's a nice thing to do. Let's be inclusive and invite a few people here and there. Uh, it, it is very intentional for a purpose. Of course, BAM is about, you know, shaping a business for God and for people to bring about holistic transformation, and not just for an individual or a business, but for communities, for cities, for industries, for nations, and not as in a uh, you know, instant coffee kind of mode, you just stir it in and voila, everything has changed. No, it's going to take time. And to have that macro transformation over generations to come, you need to build an ecosystem. And that's why we've been very intentional in trying to invite different leaders from different groups and include them in the conversations and recognize their contributions both in, in conversations as in sort of intellectual capital that Joe is referring to, but also the social capital they, they bring to, uh, to the table as we're seeking transformation in, in and through business. So, John, what does that look like from your perspective? I mean, you, you know, you're a transplanted American living for many, many years in South America, very well-connected there, very well-connected globally, uh, you know, co-founder of you know, crossover. I mean, all of all of the stuff that you're involved in, you had to, you have a quite a perspective on that. What what do you see as a I guess the main target for the near future? I say near future, three three to five years. I, I, it's as far as I can see into the future mm-hmm. these days. One of the things that I want to kind of to illustrate what Moss was just talking about. Uh, a snowball is a great example. A, a snowball by virtue of moving forward or moving down a hill. That's a movement, but if it if it doesn't gain mass, then it's not much of a movement. It's just a ball rolling forward. The the ecosystem that Mats is talking about, or that we're talking about, is actually the the fact that that snowball is gaining mass. It's growing. It's getting broader and wider and heavier and more substantial. And so, when we talk about an ecosystem, for example, in the context of of Brazil, we we literally have been at this for twenty years. When the the global the Brazilian Missions Congress that happens every three years in 2001, one of the committee members took this idea of hey let's get Mots to come and talk about business as mission, and they said, you know everybody on this committee is like, but it's a missions congress. What why would somebody come talk about business? That doesn't make any sense. And they're like, I don't know if I get it either, but I think we're we should have him come. And so Mots flies over from Sweden, and and they give him 15 minutes to talk about business as mission. And I was in the audience and, you know, I, I'm sure I would have loved to hug him, but he was Swedish and I didn't know him and I didn't think he would like that. So um, his message was was transformational, at least for one person in one organization, because I was able to put pieces together in my head, trying to train and send Brazilians to countries that didn't want missionaries. Um, and there were, there were uh, there's a series of obstacles you go through from the developing church, for example, that has to do with getting out of where you are in the first place, getting in, staying in to places that don't want you, and then actually sinking in, bringing the transformation. And it was it was business, 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 business. And so 
so Mox was, you know, globetrotting, promoting this, this vision. And we invited him back in 2002. And the reason I'm saying all of this is because between 2001 and two and 2015, you really couldn't see an ecosystem in Brazil. What you saw was a bunch of humble, mild, sometimes bold in our minds. And then it turns out we thought there were going to be 3000, but there were 20. So it was a, you know, a little bit humbler and we, and we, it was humbling for us a lot of times. So what happens is we're saying things are going on globally. Let's try to give the church in Brazil a chance to experience some of this. And as the momentum began to develop, those of us who, who look at the ecosystem in Brazil, now we can see it very clearly. And we see that it really started that snowball effect really started to be visible around 2015. So um, we've got, it's not just mission agencies that are trying to do BAM. In fact, it's not so much even that yet. And that, that might be a good thing. It's business professionals that are understanding, business owners that are understanding the importance. And we've got um, visible SME size companies that are converting from kingdom business generally to, to BAM more specifically. You, you can see professional services like IT and lawyers and accountants that are involved. You can see there's a clear kind of incubator, accelerator, even one investment fund now. You, you can see mobilization groups. So it's really, really visible. So what's happening three to five years? I think a lot of our conversations, even coming out of the Congress, have been with people that are wanting to do something similar. And, and in some places, it took 15 years. And we're telling them, you guys can do it, Lord willing, in one, two, three, four, five years max, because lessons have been learned. And yeah. so here's yeah. what you need to know. Here's what you need to do. Yeah. yeah. So Mox would, just, call, Mox would call that a, a, an ecosystem in a box. <laughs> Joe, Joe, I'm going to let you hit, kind of give me sort of the last, sort of the, <laughs> the last word here and, and wrap it, because I know we're, I, I want to do this again, guys, I, if you're willing there's so much of just getting this out in podcast format, getting people in their cars, listening, thinking, praying, hearing from God. I think, again, it's you, you use. I love your analogy, John, about the the snowball. Right. That's what we want to do. We want to see more snow crystals joining the ball, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger. Not for anybody's glory. It's way beyond anything you guys ever dreamed of already. So, Joe, I'm going to I'm going to instead of ladies first, we're going to let we're going to go ladies last. So BAM, BAM Global really exists to invigorate the global business's mission movement. Uh, so we want to continue to provide forums and um, places and uh, venues for people to connect with one another and also to continue to encourage networks to grow and build around the world. So I know one thing that Marx is really passionate about is perhaps his focus is continuing what he's the sort of thing he was doing in Brazil 20 years ago, which is going geographically and to people with a particular issue and really encouraging them to start the networks and build and as, as uh, John said just uh, do what others have done and learn from others so there's that, that sort of shit learning from experiences and how do we help networks to grow and strengthen particularly geographical networks uh, because a lot of things are going to be happening regionally but the other thing is is like how do we provide a global meeting place for all of these different networks, parts of the ecosystem, constituencies to come together. And obviously that's what the BAM Global Congress is about and has been about. But another big project we've been working on and is perhaps we're ready to really focus on it in the next year or two is the B Global Community, which is a, a secure online digital platform 
for the BAM community to come together uh, where they can continue to network with one another, groups, uh, so networks geographically, by industry, uh, by interest area, can have an online home to, to meet together and share best practices and connect with one another. There's a jobs board, there's a members map, uh, there's a, a place where you can ask questions and so on and so on. So we want there to be this place where people can come and connect so we can continue to serve the movement by providing that connecting point. So that's really something we're excited about uh, for the future, for just serving the uh, BAM movement and helping the ecosystem strengthen. So Joe, and, and that's a great place to stop. I, I, um, I've been pointing everybody I can to uh, be global, to sign up. And I know for those listening, it's vetted. It's not just you sign up and you're automatically in, but because it, it is a secure community. But can you give people, and we'll put it in the show notes, but can you give people, I know we've got bamglobal.org as a resource site, but the Be Global, can you give them the, the site on how to sign in for that? Yeah, it's beglobal.community. So beglobal.community. And that will take you to the landing page. And then if you if you request an invite and fill in the form, then we can look at your application and see if you're, um, just make sure, because as you said, it's a, a vetted, uh, secure site. So yeah, that's, and of course, businessesmission.com is a place where you can, that is open, that anyone can go to and get resources. Great information site. Yeah, we're going to so, put all the yeah, there's three, there's three sites, really. BAMglobal.org is our BAM Global site where you can get the BAM Global reports. Uh, businessesmission.com is just a general resource aggregator for the businesses mission movement. So we're not promoting just our own stuff. We're trying to tell you all of the books, all of the links, all of the organizations, all of the events, all of the articles. Uh, aggregate those into sort of a living resource library for businesses mission and, of course, the blog at businessesmission.com. And then eglobal.community is the sort of community site to come and network securely. Yeah. I, and I love that. I, I, I don't spend as much time on it as I want to, but I'm there a good bit. And I know there's new people joining every day. There's new questions. There's new offers. There's new jobs posted. It's a, it, it you know, it, just to maybe give you guys a, a little kudo here. I, I think what you proved or maybe, maybe what you consummated in the Congress is that we can do this virtually. Now we all miss being together. Sweet or not, I still want to hug Mots, but but we 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 miss that. I mean, I miss that, right? Every one of us would enjoy being together right now, and we can't. It's not forever, but we. Ha- I think God has led us into a new dimension. Not I, I, this. I look at this in the life of the church. I don't want to go back to what we were. I want us to look back and say, what are we missing? Let's let's do more of that relationship, you know, and community. Let's let's do more of that. Same thing in the BAM Global Movement is I think you guys have led us in a breakthrough move into a new era that is a combination, right, of in-person and virtual and asynchronous kind of thing like Be Global. So I, I love it. Hey, Mots, I, I saw you unmute. And it's like when Mats unmutes, he's got to say something. So And, and no. i got to say something. No. <laughs> Go ahead, Don. <laughs> All right. So, so here's, a, here's the thing. You, you mentioned kudos. Give honor where honor is due, and I there is there was one very important person in the in the development of the Brazil ecosystem, and I completely forgot to mention him, and it's you, brother. <laughs> you, you, you came to Brazil multiple times, and in fact, we only have a handful of BAM books now in Portuguese, and yours was the first. I had a little booklet 
I, I beat you in, in terms of booklet, but it's not a real book. Yours is a real book. There you go. Your business's mission book is, was the first one that became available in Portuguese. So kudos and, and honor where honor is due. God used you in some really pointed, specific moments, places, groups to help get that snowball really going. Oh, thank, thank, thanks, John. Now, so, so Vanna over here is holding up a copy of my book and holding up a copy of Mott's book. And yeah. I'd say they're two of the best, and I'll leave the world to decide. That's right. When I add to this, um, you know, um, because Mike and I know, but a lot, of, a lot of people listening to this may not, but, you know, Mike and I met in, in the 90s yeah. in Central Asia, in Kyrgyzstan. And, and, of course, Mike was one of the pioneers then going to Kyrgyzstan and studying Joldosh. Um, uh, micro program for 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 BAM um, got his feet wet and we met at the Kyrgyz partnership where we had a, a BAM group and and out of that grew also what later then became the Central Asia Business Consultation yeah. Yeah. Um, which was the first uh, ongoing annual consultation on BAM in the world and and and, and that's where where Mike and I got our yeah. our feet wet and we had really didn't know what we were doing, Mike probably, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> but we've learned quite a bit. <laughs> I think part, part of the fun of this whole journey has been what all four of us would talk about. You know, we've really had to seek God for the next step. When we thought we know, knew what to do, we didn't. And I think the future is the same. I think that's part, yeah. of the, part of the proof that it's a movement of God and not a movement of man. And so, Amen. So. Hey, so guys, thank you. I, I know we've gone a little longer and this will be a longer podcast than most people are used to, but I'll bet you nobody turns it off because this is a great conversation. So John Mordomo in Brazil, Joe Plummer in the UK, Mats Tunhag in Sweden, and I'm here in North Carolina. What can I say? Thanks, guys. It's just been so much fun to, to hang with you. This is the Business Admission Podcast, BAM Stories. Uh, share it, rate it, let people hear these stories because this is this is good stuff. Thanks all. Thanks for listening to the Business as Mission podcast. For more information, go to thirdpathinitiative.com or triventure.com. Please share this podcast and give us a review wherever you listen.